the Skirted Roundtable, and I'm Linda Merrill from Surroundings. And this is Megan Arquette from Beach Bungalow 8. And it's Joni Webb with Coco Texas. And this week at the Skirted Roundtable, we are thrilled to be sitting down with mother model and developer of beautiful lines of products, India Hicks. So India, thank you so much for joining us at the Skirted Roundtable. You're very welcome. This is wonderful. Now, are you in the Bahamas right now? I am. Oh, nice. And what's the, what's the time zone there? It's 8 o'clock Eastern, well, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard right now here. Yes, yeah, same. Same? same oh, okay. All right. Um, so as we do with um, all of our guests, our, our listeners are generally made up of real design aficionados, other interior designers, people in the media, and we love to hear about our guest backgrounds. Um, so obviously, as we all know, you're the daughter of the celebrated interior designer David Hicks and come from quite a well-known family. So why don't you sort of talk about your background and we'd love to sort of go into how that influences your beautiful Bahamian lifestyle. Absolutely. Um, well, I was uh, born and brought up in England um, under the imposing eye of David Hicks, <laughs> who was my father. And it was um, a very different background and upbringing to the one that my children are having now. We, we really were living in the countryside in Oxfordshire in a very beautiful house um, built in about 1718 that my parents had bought. And my father, uh, we always say, used it really as his design laboratory. Um, the most extraordinary creations um, happened and took place in that house. And we had a, an oval dining room that used to be the formal chapel of the house, which I remember was a, a great romantic scene growing up with, mm. framed by a starched linen tablecloth and a chandelier with real candles overhanging the table. Of course, I, as a child, was only ever to be seen and very rarely to be heard, so I wasn't <laughs> ever much at that dining room table. Um, but it was, a, it was an extraordinary house, very, very beautiful. Um, and then, of course, we had other other holiday homes. We were very lucky to be able to holiday in different locations um, with my grandfather who was the last viceroy of India and that was in a castle in Ireland um, and that was again a very um, remote place that we used to summer, um, spend our summers and then a home in the Bahamas which leads me to where I am now and my father of course being my father didn't want to live in a regular Caribbean home, so we had to live in an Egyptian mausoleum uh, based on the Temple of King Zosa, which he had been very inspired by on one of his many travels to Egypt. And um, it's very interesting for me that, that somehow, by some strange twist of fate, I find myself later in life actually living and raising my own family on the neighboring island uh, and and it's extraordinary when you when you do look back and think you know how did I get here because nothing was planned it was only one step leading to the next but for 17 years now I have had this very different life here on Harbour Island in the Bahamas. Um, you, is the house still standing the the Egyptian house? Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's on the island, just off the island of Eleuthera, Eleuthera uh -huh. meaning freedom, and it's a small private island called Windermere Island. And Do you ever go visit it? I mean, I go there all the time. I came back from there yesterday. When, when, when Harbour Island becomes too busy, I go down to Windermere, 
because there is the same three mile pink sand beach, but not a person on it, and really quite wow. literally not a person on it. The island's very Robinson Crusoe. There are no shops. Uh, there's very little interaction with anybody else. Uh, my children adore it because they get our undivided attention. We only just got an internet there quite recently, but it's very spotty internet, so you can't rely on it. So you really go back to basics when you're there. Um, and interestingly, the house um, was hit by a very severe hurricane two years ago. And so I had to redo the house, which was very um, intimidating in the fact that it was absolutely a David Hicks house. And I wanted it to remain so. So every, every little move or every little change I made, simply because I wasn't able to source the original, um, I was terrified, thinking, my God, what is he thinking? <laughs> so the house is still in your family, in other words? It is. I inherited it. Okay. Oh, how nice. Well, I mean, Are there pictures of it, Absolutely, and in fact, okay. Coastal Living just shot it, and, um, and they're, they're running a feature story on it for their September issue. Oh, great. Oh, Can't wait great. to see that. I know. And it's indeed on our website. If you go to hibiscushillharborisland.com, you'll see it there. So um, you grew up under, under a very keen eye of a parent and branching out onto your own because your, your style, of course, is uh, the holiday lifestyle I think we would all love to be able to have. So how, how did you move from sort of a very watchful eye of a very exacting designer into branching out into your own thing? Well, it took, it took a long time for me to get my nerve up. Um, you know, I left England when I was 18 and went around the world for a year backpacking, which was one of the great educations I ever received. Um, you know, it's, it's so important that we see the rest of the world and we experience how other people live. And we become a little more patient and a little more understanding of other cultures um, and indeed, from a design perspective, you know, my father always said that most of his ideas were inspired by his travels. And, you know, I, I, I had an extraordinary year going to the Far East and to India and to Thailand and to Burma. And then by, by um, some chance, I ended up in Boston and took a degree in photography, where I'm always delighted to say I, I uh, graduated with honors. Um, I don't know how. I didn't. I didn't focus too much. Boston is, as you probably know, rather a town for, for students to get up to no good. That's right. Um, but I did. And, um, and then, uh, again, you know, uh, one thing led to another. And by chance, I found myself on the other side of the camera modeling for Ralph Lauren. And again, I thought, this won't last. Um, let me do this now for a quick while. And, and interestingly, it did last. It lasted for about... 20, 20 years and again I traveled the world and met the most extraordinary people through the world of modeling and although I never took fashion terribly seriously I certainly enjoyed being in the world it did me of course that now I'm able to get dressed incredibly quickly and then I ended up on the island here and David my other half and I began to make our own lives here and, and very soon after moving here we bought a house and we decided we wanted to, to redecorate it and then that led to um, the small hotel, The Landing, which is here on the island. And then that led to building our own guest houses, which we did to a very strong hurricane standard, because one of the things that we face here in the Bahamas is a very uh, important three months of hurricane season. And I say important because we don't take them lightly anymore, because our weather is changing and these are, these are becoming a more ferocious three months than we ever anticipated. And I think once, once I started to live on the island and I really 
gained confidence in finding my own voice in the design world. You can imagine having had David Hicks as your father and my brother was an architect and my sister-in-law was a fashion designer. I felt there was very little room for me to maneuver in all of that. But I, I, living on the island really gave me the, the, the strength to, to start my own, to have my own voice. Mm -hmm. And in that, um, you know, I really referenced nature um, and mother nature and all that she had to offer. And recently I, I gave a talk in, in Canada at the um, design center there and and it was all about the influence of David Hicks on me. And, and, and it was only in the last couple of years that I, I realized how strongly my father has influenced me. And even if I think I found my own voice and I have a different message, he is there. He's in my DNA. Of course he is. How could you possibly right. not have spent all those years growing up in that extraordinary world of vibrating color and modern and old and all the extraordinary things that he broke the rules on and he really set the world of design alight with. And uh, I did a Pinterest board, um, which I entitled, you know, Escaping David Hicks with a question mark. <laughs> uh, and of course, when I really look at, look at my work compared to his, um, there are very, very strong David Hicks elements in there. Well, you have a jewelry collection, don't you? And it's very evocative. Oh, that's right. The graphic. In fact, in, that, was, that was a very interesting journey, the jewelry, because as approached by a diamond merchant, and I thought, how interesting to do jewellery. And we started with an island living collection because, again, I felt that this was really where I had my voice and, and I wasn't the daughter of or the goddaughter of or the granddaughter of. I was me and I could really put my own designs on it. But, of course, once you start in the world of design and in jewellery particularly, we realised that my father's geometric patterns lent themselves so well to the world of jewellery. So we couldn't resist. So we did an India Hicks Island Living Collection and then we did an India Hicks Hicks on Hicks collection. And whilst we were doing that, we really went through my my father's archives and I came across a piece of writing paper and it was called the David Hicks Geometric Writing Paper. And what was so, so extraordinary about coming across this was that I had just learned that in the world of jewellery, there are three things that really sell well. One is hearts and one is crosses and one is the alphabet. Well, I knew I wasn't a heart kind of person and how was I ever going to reinvent the cross? And the <laughs> alphabet, I kept thinking, how do you make that your own? And then suddenly I found that piece of paper and it brought back all these memories of growing up with my father's very strong branded Japanese licensee where they had the, this alphabet on a, on a series of ties and umbrellas and slippers. Um, and I said, oh, my God, it's so obvious. You know, my father's done the work for me. Here is the geometric alphabet, and we can put it into a line of jewelry. And so, obviously, we tweaked some of the letters. There were some things that I felt were felt slightly awkward in a jewelry collection. So we, we put a, 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 a slightly fresh take on it um, and brought it to market. But, of course, we, we had already were launching with the Island Living and with the Hicks on Hicks. So we came out with three collections, which was, which was possibly slightly ambitious. Um, the, 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 the happy ending to that is that Oprah picked up one of the letters for her best list just before oh. Christmas, which really changed the landscape of my small website that I've been really fostering for a year or so. And so that, that was a very wonderful, wonderful blessing that Oprah had bestowed on us. The magic of Interestingly, Oprah. Interestingly, actually, I, I did, I did, I, when I were, were during the royal wedding, the last royal wedding, I was asked to be a commentator, and I did a little bit for Oprah. 
And the next weekend, I went away to Italy um, for a weekend. I'd been working quite hard for a number of months. And so I went to Italy with my children. And my telephone rang. And I'll never forget it. And I picked it up and I said, hello. And the voice said, hello, it's Oprah. And I said, Oprah who? (laughs) (laughs) I'd never imagined Oprah was going to call to say thank you. She's got wonderful manners. Well, the the jewelry is is beautiful. And the cuff um, in particular, which is a very Mm -hmm. Hicks... Um, um, Pinterest, you can see a lot of it yeah. all at one place. She's ended um, Pinterest. And where does it sell? Where where does one buy it? Uh, I, I sell throughout America, um, Bloomingdale's and individual independent stores. Um, the independents really respond well to it because they like the story of it. Uh, obviously, when you're sitting in somewhere like Bloomingdale's, it's very, very hard. You know, we're very, very small still. And, you know, you have David Yeoman on one side and you may you may have something very strong on the other side. It's hard to tell your story. It takes a long time for a product really to find its feet. Um, but we're getting there. You know, it's been a very exciting three years. And jewelry was something I never imid- imagined I'd end up doing. And I'm really enjoying the process of it. And my father always said that, you know, a guard was so much more interesting than a room. He, he said that once you designed the room, it was cold and it was finished and it was complete. But with a garden, it grew and it could be nurtured and it moved on. And it was forever changing. And he liked that and found that exciting. And I think possibly that's the same in the world of jewelry. You know, the, the, the alphabet that I've done, I've now been able to do in so many different ways. We're just launching now for Mother's Day the Domino Necklace, named after my rather terrible impish five-year-old daughter mm-hmm. and um, again you know we're able to show it in so many different iterations it's very exciting the jewelry is beautiful the I'm looking at a picture of it on Pinterest like Joni said so people can see that on Pinterest it's just it's... I'm, st- I'm actually stuck on a pink sofa it's under um, Hibiscus Hill home are they all they're all men in your family though right no no I have four boys I'm one girl Oh, you do have a daughter. Okay, okay. I was going to say, because, you know, uh, so many people question, I can't have pink in my house because I have, you know, my husband won't let me and all that. But it's nice to see that someone, you know, even with a lot of sons, would still have a pink sofa. And it's just gorgeous. Oh, my God. It's slip covered and it's just wonderful. Very beachy. And the sands in Harbor Island are pink. So it sort of is bringing that in, too, which is nice. It's also very derivative of my husband and the fact that he was so much bolder than me. Um, and, you know, we, we grew up in rooms of vibrating color. And we're not talking about gray or beige or creams here. We're talking about, you know, shocking red and scarlet and pinks and puce and salmon and purple. And, and we would eat breakfast in tented rooms of these colors. And, and I, of course, when moving to the island, I felt that there was so much color on the outside that I was really going to keep the inside a more neutral palette. But inevitably, you know, rules are made to be broken. And, of course, my father's DNA would come out. And so I had to have shocks of color here and there. So, in fact, you know, in our sitting room, we do have that pink sofa. My, my staircase is painted a watermelon pink. My office is also pink. My children have a, you know, have a very bold room with the Union Jack and the bright red carpet. Certainly, there is a lot of color in the house. Having decided we were going for a neutral palette, those David Hicks shocks of color are there. Um, your husband, was he from Bahamas? Is that how y'all ended up there? Or? 
No, no, he's English. We'd known each other in a previous life in England. Um, and oh. he's a decorator himself, and he designed uh, Brooke Shields' house, which was on the cover of Architectural Digest la just last year. Oh, that, oh, I remember that. That I is so beautiful. That. Oh, God, it's fabulous. Was your father alive still when you moved to Bahamas? He was. Um, he was dying, and he decided he'd fly here. He came all the way just for lunch, which is, which is fairly remarkable. Not many people come to the Bahamas just for lunch. Um, but he wanted to see it. And um, and he wasn't able to eat anything, and he wasn't able to get to the beach, but he saw the house. And I took him up to my room and showed him the bed that we had proudly bought in a flea market in New Orleans. And I said, what do you think? And he said, cheap Victorian crap. It looks like a bordello. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Can you imagine? He was, he was right. Yeah, he was but right. can you imagine No. Father, and he's commenting on your fur. I mean, what? I mean, that's got to be so intimidating. I can't imagine. Yeah. Either yeah. intimidating or it's, uh, you know, or it's um, inspirational and makes you get going and doing your, do your own thing, right? Well, it's, it's very interesting because, of course, David, my own David, um, you know, cares as much about design as I do. And, and that inevitably leads to a lot of um, compromise, uh, as we know. Um, relationships are all about compromise, but can you imagine living when you both care about the way everything looks? In my in my parents' relationship, my father drove the design, um, so my mother really sat back and and lived her life in a world of books and peace and quiet. While my father went on with his slightly precise way of living. Of course, you know my David cares, and I care. So uh, we'll we'll move an object. I'll move an object somewhere. He'll move it back. I'll move it back. And this can go on for weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you ever make the kids decide? <laughs> All right, tiebreaker. <laughs> we do often ask the children. I've given up asking them what, when I get dressed to go out, what do you think? Because they give me such an honest opinion. I never to lose my confidence and go and change. <laughs> And do you say, don't you understand I'm an international model? Who cares, your mom? <laughs> yeah, do, you, yeah, do you see yeah. any of, do your kids seem to be moving in the direction that you and your husband, your family's lineage? Or are they sort of like, forget it, these guys know what they're doing, we're not even going there. Do you, are they interested at all in well, any of it? Or? Well, my eldest, my eldest boy won the art scholarship to his school and he's, he draws very beautifully. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. You know, the world of design is, is, is a tricky world to be in because I think very few make a very comfortable living. So who knows what will happen. But y'all but, but are also innkeepers. I would think that was a major part of your life, right? Having all these little guest houses and the inns and everything, isn't that Did Did you say that we were innkeepers? Yeah, I mean, you've got all these things for rent. Oh, I love that. I feel like... I feel like Jesus is about to arrive. Is there any room? If only we had more wise men around here. Um, yes, yes, we do. We, we're not exactly innkeepers. We, we, have, we have homes that we have um, built and decorated that, uh, that we have friends and family come and stay in um, quite regularly. And then a lot of the, the fashion crews... Um, find that the light here is very good and they like the way that we've decorated the houses uh, so they tend to come as well um, 
you know, every once in a while, we'll, we'll have a Victoria's Secret shoot here and, and Heidi Klum maybe um, spread eagle on our bed and David will only notice after she's gone and regrettably have realised he should have been in the bedroom rather than the office. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny thing about Harbour Island, that it is so laid back. But then, as Indy was saying, all of a sudden you're lying out next to Elle McPherson. When, I remember one time being there and she had lost all of her luggage, so she was laying out in her underwear. Like, you really need to be lying out next to Elle McPherson in her underwear on the beach. But it's those funny things about that place. It's so... It's magical. How did you get involved with this uh, line on the line now that you were, have at HSN? On HSN. Mm-hmm. Um, I was um, very lucky to meet Mindy Grossman, and I say that because she is an extraordinary woman who is a huge inspiration. Um, she really has um, taken that company from uh, one level and taken it to a whole different level. And she is very, very dynamic and forward-thinking. And she's a success story in her own right, and not to mention a mother herself. I have enormous respect for Mindy Grossman. And um, we had dinner together, and she said, I like your stories. You have wonderful stories coming on HSN. So I had collaborated with Crabtree and Evelyn, and I had designed two collections for them. And we, first of all, three years ago, brought those to HSN, and they sold well. And I enjoyed the rather frenetic pace that uh, direct selling on television takes. And I had done a television show myself in Los Angeles called Top Design, um, which was a design show, a reality TV design show. And I had hosted that for 11 weeks. So I felt comfortable in in the world of TV. And then Mindy said, let's do more. I'd like you to do your own collection. And so this was born um, from that, really, um, India Hicks Island Living for HSN. And again, in that, I wanted it to be very true to me. I wanted it to feel very comfortable. I, I often say, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not setting any trends in any of the way I design. Um, I, I'm not a forward thinker. I just like to feel comfortable in my environment. I like beautiful things around me. I like affordable things around me. I like things that are going to tell my stories and stand the test of time. And I think we really managed to do that with the, these collections. And I launched three collections with HSN, and we called them Tropical Garden because my home sits on three acres of rolling palm fronds, and I look out to the distant sun sunsets and to the uh, rooftops over over a wonderful garden so there was tropical garden and there was there was harbor island which really was all about the shapes in the in the sea and the the formations in the sand and really how mother nature brought the most extraordinary designs to life through the patterns in the ocean and then we did paradise twirl which was all about the exoticism of travel and never knowing quite what you might find and we did well. Um, you know, I'm very excited that we, we sold out of the collections. The audience responded. It's, it's a very intimidating thing, bringing something that you, you're passionate about to a big, wide audience and HSN reach 100 million homes. Um, and you just, you're not sure what the reaction's going to be. We, we had a very strong reaction on the internet, um, on their website, which I'm, which I'm delighted with because I think it means um, a younger customer was intrigued by what we had to say. Mm-hmm. And it's been a very exciting process, and we've, um, we're already developing a new collection. And I'm, you know, I, I get very passionate about things that I'm designing. 
um, everything from fragrance collections to jewelry to bedding. Even my own little shop here on Harbour Island called the Sugar Mill, I, you know, I love it. Um, we have great fun in there. Um, and, you know, life is made for living, and I really feel that I do live it to the, to the limit. We're, and, and, and I'm very, very lucky to have a career in something that I am very passionate about. Well, this collection is it's really great. I mean, as, as being from New England, of course, a lot of um, my design clients and, and people who have an interest in design here, you know, love, of course, all the, the very coastal beachy. And what I think is really great about this is it has a sort of um, um, exotic appeal, but it also feels close to home. So I think that that really captures many different coastal environments, which is probably really, really smart. Well, it does. And also, we, you know, I did very much set out to, to, to make sure that it wasn't just for coastal, that these collections would look relevant wherever, whether it was in the countryside, whether it was in the city or whether it was on an island. Um, and again, I, I think we have achieved that. What, what's so extraordinary about working with a company like HSN is because the volume is so huge, your prices are very, very affordable and you're not compromising on, on luxury or quality at any stage. And, and, you know, I, I really set out to do a collection that I wanted to sell in my shop, I wanted to have on my own website, and I wanted to sleep on at night. So, so again, it wasn't just for an audience out there. It really was for me. I love the one, the, the uh, collection with the white, with the trim on it, like a, almost like a... Absolutely, and a that, that we call trade wins. Um, yeah, we called that trade with again. That was that was to capture really the romance of of, of the ocean and the idea of the ships, you know, um, plying across the oceans and that they would use these rope fenders um, and you know coffee sacks on board. And 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 I think you know it's very hard to do island life in an understated way, and and a lot of my island life is understated, and and it's not about. Um, you know, a lot of color. It's not about a, a Tommy Bahama lifestyle. It's it's quite a lot quieter than that. And it is quite mm -hmm. difficult putting that into a collection, especially when you're dealing with an audience like HSN that have been used to a lot of color. And 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 there was again quite a lot of compromise on that when I said I, I you know I just I can't do this. I can't do this. We have to do it in a quieter way. And that must be, and it's interesting because, you know, there's also the issues um, with photography and how things appear on the screen. I would, I wonder if, does that play into any, you know, the thought process of how will it read on television for the quiet appeal versus... Yes, yeah, absolutely, that's, you're absolutely right. Um, and that, that is a big consideration. And, and it, it can be very difficult. Also, when, when it's then translated onto a website, the colors look slightly different there. It is, it is difficult, you know, product design selling you know, as we do today from e-commerce or on television, um, these things do make a difference. When will you be I'm on going to, I'll be on in the middle of July and then again in September. Okay. And so what do they do? You know, you have your collection and then they, they sell out, but they keep ramping up production so that when you're on in July, obviously there has to be product. Absolutely. So that's all part of the sort of, magic I think of HSN must be just the the ca that calculation well, you know, yeah it, it's very difficult obviously with a first collection because you're very cold to the environment there's no history on me they don't know if the audience is going to respond 
and so as you go along, of course, forecasting becomes easier because you have an audience that grows with you. And, and, and then you can predict more. The beginning shows are always the hardest. Will you be, are, is there, are there plans to bring in more stories, more variations on what you're already doing with each one of your? Absolutely. The, the, the September show will be a fall collection, really. So we'll be talking a different color palette and, 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 uh, and fresh designs coming out in that. I'm in love with that tradesman. Yeah. Yeah. Which one, Joni? The the bed skirt. The bed skirt, yeah, the yeah. white. I, I also really I love that. the pink, that very wispy pink. The uh, pink comforter. Mm-hmm. I said I love the jewelry too. I love that uh, H, the H design. I wish my name started with an H. You I, know. Know. I love I know. that. India, would you ever think about doing a jewelry line that is more in the price range of HSN products? Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Okay. You know, it's again, it's a very, it's a very extraordinary time to be out out there in product design, because, you know, you 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 know even, you know even a decade ago, words like HSN and QVC were were kind of dirty words, and now of course they 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 have people lining up at the door, knocking to try and get in. Yeah. So it, it's changing so rapidly, and also you know what what people like Mindy are doing with with companies like HSN is that they're making them very exciting and and they're turning them really into television networks where you tune in not only to sort of see what's being on sale but also to hear somebody's story but also to follow the host that's showing the story it's a it's a very exciting time and I think you know in the way that I I certainly dress and I certainly live in a very high low way um, you know I'm very much a Zara shopper um, I'm very happy to be wearing a high street designer, um, and and also then to be obviously borrowing you know one of my mother's old Valentino shoes or mixing the high and low, and um, in the same way I think that works with design. You know you can mix high and low. Is your mother still alive? She is. God, let's hope so because she's launching a book in America in September. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Is it a memoir or is it, what is it? It is, yes. It launched in the UK. Ralph Lauren hosted the party. It's called Daughter of Empire. In fact, Vanity Fair have done a big story on it, which also lands in September. Um, so fingers crossed. She's of the funny generation, though, where, of course, they are dying off very quickly. And when we did the launch party in London, we sent out the invitations to her guest list. Um, and a number, of course, actually did die between receiving the uh, invitation and actually coming to the event. Do your children, are your children aware of where you come from and your background? Or, you know, I mean, do they realize how important a part your father was in the design world and then your mother with her, you know, moral connections? I mean, do they realize? That my, my, well, my children are aged from 16 down to 5. So it's, you know, that... You know, when you're when you're a teenager, you know, it's you don't really pay that much attention to your parents, and anybody who's younger isn't really old enough yet to appreciate it. So, you know, at the moment, not necessarily. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so then let's tell the audience that they'll be to watch you in July, and then coming up in September on HSN with two brand new. Well, they both. Will be brand new collections or just the one in September? The um, the one in September will be brand new, and the one in July will have some old and some new. 
All right, well, thank you so much. And this was great. And I think everyone's going to just love hearing about your background, with your where you came from, and then where you're going in the future, and and just to see you on TV and feel like they're a part of um, history. I think I really feel that way. You know. Thank you, you know, really so much. Thank you very much indeed. All right. Thank you, India. Bye. This has been the Skirted Roundtable with Megan Arquette from Beach Bungalow 8, Joni Webb from Coat to Texas, and I'm Linda Merrill from Surroundings. Thank you so much for joining us. You can visit us online at www.skirtedroundtable.blogspot.com or download our podcasts from iTunes. Search for the Skirted Roundtable. Thanks so much, and we'll be back soon.